Before he was known as St. Paul, he was known just as Saul. He was a, a religious leader among the Jews, and um, he was uh, very, um, very much against, very uh, adversarial to that group of people known as Christians. Those who followed the sect that he thought um, were just completely in error, following those uh, who believed that Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah. And so Saul, filled with um, this sort of rage and zeal, led a group of vigilantes to sort of stamp out Christianity, not just to kind of persuade them, but to actually kill them. He was part of a group that actually attacked and, um, and murdered Christians, Stephen being the first. He didn't want them jailed. He didn't want them harassed. He wanted them gone. He wanted them extinguished from the face of the earth. That is, until he became one. And then things changed. The story of Saul's conversion can be found in the book of Acts, beginning about the ninth chapter. And as you read through the book of Acts, you see something of the biography of Saul, who, who began to take on even his um, Greek name, Paul, as a way to uh, go about the world and um, become a missionary, which is in fact what he did. He, he becomes a missionary to the entire Mediterranean basin going all over what was then the known world of his time. In fact, as he looked back at these churches, he began to write letters to them, to encourage them, sometimes to instruct them. Paul's job wasn't just to, uh, to, to plant churches, but he wanted to pastor them and shepherd them. And so many of the letters in the New Testament, including the letter to the Philippians today, was one of those such letters. This sort of activity, though, landed Paul in prison. At the writing of the letter to the Philippians, he's actually in, in a Roman prison, probably house arrest, but he's chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while he awaits a trial. Now get this, here's what's really interesting. When he gets to trial, he knows there's only one of two outcomes. Either he's going to be acquitted and set free, or he's going to be found guilty of sedition against the Roman Empire, and executed. It's, it, there's no middle ground for him. It's, it's one or the other. It's either acquittal or it's execution. So how does he react to this uncertainty? I mean, does he, does he wring his hands? Does he, does he um, think, oh no, what am I going to do? Does he, um, does he plot what I'm going to say? You know, when I get before the emperor, here's what I'm going to say to it. Because that's what I would do. I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of a sissy. Um, it, that's probably not politically correct, is it? Um, yeah, I'm a bit. Yeah, I'm a bit timid. Uh, the, the PC police will find me afterward. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm a, I don't. I don't do well with suffering at all. You know, I, I kind of. I shy away from it. I, I tend to worry about things. What about you? I mean, do you handle this stuff well? Not so much either. Yeah, <laughs> a few sissies out there with me. Paul writes a letter, and he says to the Philippians, I want you to be encouraged. He writes to them to encourage them. He's the one in prison. He's the one who faces execution, and he writes to encourage them. And as he reflects on it, we look at the way he looks at his life and, and what's about to happen to him, and he seems so courageous. But it's more than courage. You know, courage is when you, when you know something out there is, is to be afraid of and you face it anyway. It's, it's, it's intending to be, um, not to be immobilized by fear. It's, it's facing fear, but that's not what Paul does. 
He looks at his plight not with courage, but with fearlessness. He's not afraid. He's not afraid of it at all. He looks at his own death. And he's not afraid. If you have your bullets and find it. And look with me at verse 21 in that passage. Here's what he says as you're finding it. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is a terrible thing to think about. That's not what he says, is it? For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To die is gain. Listen to how he goes on. If I am to live in the flesh, it means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose, I cannot tell. When's the last time you sat around and thought, you know, should I live or die? I don't really know. I'm hard-pressed on both sides. I can't really tell. Um, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. And now, Paul wrote this in Greek. Um, part of being in university for ten years, I had to learn this stuff. Okay, here's what he says. That is much, much better. It's a triple modifier. We don't even know how to translate it into English. That is far much better. Much or better. Something like that. It is a better thing. Who says that? Who talks like that? You see, this isn't courage. We know people who have faced death. We've heard the stories of heroism. Courage. They inspire us. Perhaps you remember the story of those Black Hawk helicopters that went down in 1993 in Mogadishu, Somalia. Do you remember that story? Perhaps you've seen the film. Randy Shugart and Gary Gordon were two rangers who were in a Black Hawk helicopter. There were two helicopters that went down. Most of the rangers went to one. There was only one helicopter that was able to be dispatched to the other. And it had just two snipers up there in this helicopter. The other helicopter was down on the ground, and there was this huge mob that was down there. And these two men, these, uh, these two snipers, Randy Shugart and Gary Gordon, they, they, they sent um, word to their commander back at the base, we want to go down and defend this, this down chopper. There are men down in there, and this mob is gathering around it. We want to go down and defend them. Two men against thousands. There's no way that they're going to, to survive. And, and so the word comes back, no, you may not go down. So they asked again, we want to go down and defend this helicopter. And the word comes back, of course, no, you may not. And so what did they do? They asked a third time, we want to go down and defend this helicopter. Our men are down there, our, our brothers are down there, we, we want to go down. And so their, their commanding officer gave them permission, go ahead, go, go defend it. But you know this, you're not going to make it out of this. And they knew it. And they went anyway. That's courage. I mean, they had to be afraid. They knew what they were facing. And in fact, you remember what happened to them, don't you? They were both killed, overwhelmed by, by this mob as they ran out of ammunition. Their bodies drugged through the streets. They were the first two to posthumously receive the Congressional Medal of Honor since the Vietnam War. And they deserved it. They were real heroes. They had, they had genuine courage. That is not what St. Paul is talking about. He's not talking about facing the end of our life with courage. He says, face it with fearlessness. It's the way that I face a New York strip or a hot fudge sundae or a Sunday afternoon nap. You know, I am fearless in the face of those things. You know, There's, there is not... There is not a glass or Merlot I will not tackle with great dispatch. I am fearless in the face of those sorts of things. That's what Paul is talking about. 
He knew something. He knew that death wasn't the worst thing that could happen to someone. To die wasn't the worst thing that could happen. As he faced the the, the capriciousness of Nero, he knew that the worst thing that he could do was kill him, and that wasn't a bad thing at all. In the past couple of weeks, we've lost some people. We lost a, a dear friend here, Richard Attenhofer. Abby and I lost her mother. I preached both funerals in a week. And it reminds me of something. What St. Paul is saying. To live is Christ. And to die for those of us who know the Lord Jesus is gain. And so he writes to these Philippians to be encouraged. Don't worry about the worst thing somebody can do to you because even that isn't a bad thing. But not just our death. He doesn't just want to encourage them about death. He encourages them about life too, right? Look with me. Um, uh, look at verse 27. Here's what St. Paul writes. Let your manner of life, only this, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear that you are standing firm. Listen, I want your reputation to be spread abroad throughout the empire. You know those Philippian Christians? Wow. They're something else. Remember, this is at a time and a place where being a Christian got you thrown in prison. It might even get you killed. And Paul says, I want you to live so much like Christ that your reputation spreads everywhere. That people know what kind of person you are. Hey, listen. They might throw us into jail, Paul. It might get kind of rough for us out here. Yeah, it it sure might. And I want you to face it, you heard it, fearlessly. Oh, I know, I know, we're not supposed to re- wear our religion on our shirt sleeves, are we? I mean, I wear mine on my collar, I don't know where you wear yours, but we're, we're, so, we're, we're not supposed to wear it in our back pocket either, are we? Or in our front pocket, hiding it. Oh, you know, if, if, they knew, if they knew that I was a Christian, you know, they might not buy products from me. Or, you know, if, if they knew that I was a Christian, you know, they might not treat me really well at work. I might not get in the lottery pool, you know, um... Teenagers, college students, they may not let me sit at the cool kids' table. Paul says, really? That's what you're afraid of? You're afraid of being known in the world as a Christian? Because you know what? The Lord has given you a gift. I like gifts, don't you? love it when somebody brings me a present. My son called me yesterday and said, somebody brought a plate of food. I said, what is it? Cookies. Oh, man, I can't wait to get home. <laughs> Love it when so- Paul says the, that God has given us a gift. You thought I was going to skip over it. I'm not going to. Verse 29, it has been granted to you. It has been a gift given to you. That's literally what he says, the same word. A gift given. What? That for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in Him, but suffer for Him. Oh, what a good gift. Just what I wanted, you know. It was right there at the top of my list. Wasn't it yours? Who talks like this? Who says these sorts of things? I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of living ambitiously for Christ. Why? Because God is in control. Of all things, God is in control. Why then should we live immobilized by fear? 
Why should we live without, without the sense of, of reckless abandon? There's a story of, the, uh, of this blimp. Back in the 1930s, you know, blimp was all the uh, was all the rage, and you know, still here in Akron. Back in the 1930s, anyway, they, they have this. Uh, there's a big blimp, and and there are 250 men who are holding this blimp down with ropes that are around it. And and this big gust of wind comes along, and it catches the front end of the blimp, and it goes shooting straight up in the air. Well, all these men were holding on to this blimp by these ropes, and suddenly lifted up off the ground, and many of them just let go and and fell. But some of them, just out of panic, held on. They held on real tight and shot straight up in the air until they were about 10 or 20 stories up in the air. And after a while, they couldn't hold on any longer. And a lot of them, well, in fact, all of them, let go. Some of them were injured severely. Some died. Only one guy, way up there at the top, still hanging on by this rope. For 45 minutes, he hangs on. And eventually they kind of moved a crane or something, got this thing down, got him off of there, and, and he's walking away from the crowd. And these newspaper reporters had, had managed to arrive. And, and so they get up to this guy and they're like, how could you hold on for 45 minutes? He said, well, actually, I tied the rope around my waist. So I wasn't holding on at all. It was holding on to me. Paul knows something. That he wants us to know. He's not holding on to God. It's the other way around. 